Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Seat Struck Movie Podcast. It is a beautiful Sunday. At least it's nice and beautiful here in Germany. I hope it is in Ottawa, too, and, and in Florida. <laughs> and it's the <laughs> yeah. uh, tw- 24th of, uh, of September, and we're covering, we're kind of doing a transitional episode today. One of my favorite movies, kind of transitioning from our back to school series into our spooky season series. Uh, we're doing Class of 1984, which is actually came out in 1982. Um, so it's a, kind of a nice, interesting mix between the back to school and the horror too. So we'll have lots of fun talking about that today. And I'm joined today. My name is Curtis, as always, and I'm joined today by my co-host, John. Hey, guys. And special guest, Katie. Hi. AKA usual suspect. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be taking on class of 1984 today, but as always, before we dive into the movie, we like to talk about the news of the week. And I think you had a couple things lined up today, John, what did you want to mention? Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention there's some new films releasing uh, this week. Most of them are, are ones that I have no interest in, but one caught my <laughs> eye and that's the new Expendables movie, Expend Four Bulls. Oh, that one. And that got bombed on Roger Ebert was like one out of four. <laughs> I had yeah. fun reading that review. <laughs> I love movies that put the numbers in the title. That's just like my favorite. Like when they did Fan Four Stick, I think that's just great. I think uh, I, I do. I do know. Um, I think Sly's in it barely, so I don't know how good this one's going to be. Uh, I did really enjoy the original Expendables. Really dumb action, um, playing it totally earnest and straight, but it's so stupid and fun to watch. Um, so I will I will check that one out. Um, didn't put in my notes, but I did notice there's a new Spy Kids movie on Netflix. Yeah, with like none of the original cast at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. I, I saw a trailer and I'm like, oh, this is for like eight year olds. Like this does not appeal to me. But I did I did see the original Spy Kids movie in the theaters. I remember being really into that movie. Um, so I'm glad there's something for everybody. But um, I was like, oh, yeah, this will be fine. I threw the trailer on. And I'm like, no, I'm just too old. I've aged out of this universe of movies. So. The, uh, the original me, had some kind of darker elements too, because they had that whole like uh, floops flugly stuff, and that was oh, that yeah. was actually pretty dark. Which yeah, a man, man, help us, save us. Yeah, know. and I was like, holy shit, that's dark stuff. <laughs> Thumbs, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> is Robert Rodriguez directing the new one, or is that someone else uh, now? Definitely not some random. Uh, definitely not. Probably. Yeah, some 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 Z- Zed list guy. <laughs> He's got bigger fish to fry, I think. Yeah. Um, other other news, I'll, I'll go a bit quick. I didn't have a whole lot this week. Um, I saw some news about the sequel to Smile, so Smile Two. Oh expected to be heading to theaters for next Halloween next year, um, which should be pretty fun. I actually really enjoyed the first Smile movie. I'm not really sure if it needs to be a sequel, but um, if you remember that movie, if you recall it, the, the premise of it is sort of like this passed down curse. So it does lend itself well to lots of sequels. And I'll even note that the movies that it was influenced by stuff like Ringu um, also had lots of sequels in Japan. So it's not out of the norm ordinary for a movie like this to have a sequel. So I'll definitely check that one out. That one was a lot of fun to watch. Um, some other updates in the world of uh, labor, the Writers Guild, and uh, the American Motion Pictures uh, group. There's still um, rumors of a contract deal, nothing concrete, but there's been a heat up on talks, probably pressured by a lot of industry pressures. Um, stuff with streaming as well, too, has certainly put a lot of attention on this. Um, I think they they, the re- they, re- they re-elected uh, Fran Drescher for the uh, the union too, which is well pretty obvious, I guess. Oh, for the actors' guild, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's pretty good. Um, I do know there's like a lot of pressure now with, and, and one of my notes here is also about Amazon Prime Video rolling out uh, a new ad tier. Um, I think recently Disney Plus also bumped up their pricing, so a lot of the streamers are now 
you know, increasing the, the costs for these services because they're not really built on a very solid subscriber base or some of this is built on venture capital. So um, it's uh, it's it's clear that I think the strike is is definitely working and, and leaving an impact with these uh, larger, larger groups uh, in the industry, but um, still seems to it's still it's still going to be going on for a while, it seems. Um, I want to give a quick lament to one of my favorite shows. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best show ever, but uh, HBO's Winning Time, Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, uh, just got canceled. Not surprising when the creator of the original book is on Twitter saying, please, please watch the show or else. It's never a good sign. Um, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to watch the last episode, but um, they really like time sped through like the last middle 80s of, of the NBA. And uh, I don't know, to me that it was like, it was, a, I really enjoyed the, beginning of the second season. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the beginning of the second season, but like, as it went on, it seemed like they really knew that the cut was coming. It was, it went from 10 episodes to seven. It seemed, and, and I think they, they started off last year, they were during the regular season of the NBA this year during the summer. So I think they knew the Grim Reaper was coming. And as a result, they really kind of like, oh, let's safe. get as much done <laughs> as we can. And I wasn't. It wasn't that good, but it'll be a loss. It was one of uh, it was a really fun show, fourth wall breaking. Um, really enjoyed the fact that it was all shot on film. That was really cool. Not a lot of shows out like that these days, um, and not a lot of shows like that these days that are coming back for another season or new a new run. So um, it'll definitely be missed for that for that. Um, and I think uh, Curtis, you added a note about Ken Loach's newest mm. film or perhaps it could be his final yeah film. it might be his last film too so his new film the uh the old oak which i think is will be his last film is, is screening in gateshead uh which is just outside uh newcastle in the uk and uh it's a really interesting film he's been really you know actively involved still in in kind of a lot of socialist causes um especially with you know poverty and the working class uh and his new film is shot on location i think in newcastle and it's about this guy who you know he's running this dying bar and he befriends this uh, syrian uh refugee in the neighborhood too so dealing with a lot of like, kind of like racial tensions and also kind of the uh you know a lot of the closures that a lot of these communities are facing with the kind of undying awful Tory government <laughs> in the UK so I think it's really timely I like how he's always kind of still championing these causes too and really great filmmaker really big role model for me uh, when I was in the UK and, and still um, great socialist and I'm I'm really excited to see it so I wish I was in Gateshead to watch it too <laughs> I don't know if you saw him in in Durham when you were there Katie he came to the Miners Gala a couple times but um, I don't know if you're a big fan uh, I wasn't a huge fan but that was mostly due to not knowing too much at the time fair enough yeah did you yeah. have any news this week too i don't know if uh, you had anything to mention this news is more so stuff that has been told to me quite enthusiastically by my younger patrons at the library um five nights at freddy's movie is coming <laughs> out yes. and <laughs> not only will it be in theaters it will be available on peacock uh, for streaming, oh. so I I will probably watch it. Also, apparently, I didn't realize this until like two weeks ago. The game streamer Markiplier is making a movie based on the game Iron Lung. Oh wow! Yeah, and I like the game. It's a short game. You can play it in half an hour, an hour. Yeah, but... it's like you're you're on a, you're a prisoner on the moon, and, and you're like in a submarine on like a blood ocean or something and there's like a monster talking oh, cool. right yeah yeah well yeah well you don't know this because it's like you're you're a prisoner like the planets are dying 
and they find this planet that's covered with a blood ocean and you're a, a convict and they're like well you can be you can get your freedom if you go explore so they put you in the <laughs> submarine catch, yeah. <laughs> yeah they put you in this submarine aptly called the iron lung and there are no windows because it's been made very like slapdash out of scrap and there's no glass strong enough to withstand the depths so they're you're, you're underground, not underground, underwater, and you are forced to navigate based on this little like sonar panel. And there's like a camera that you have that you can take pictures of the outside, and you have to just navigate and do that. And there is a monster in there, but you don't know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't give too much away, but I mean, I do want to play the game. I was a little bit hesitant with the game mechanics, but uh, you kind of maybe want to play it again so maybe i'll give it a shot <laughs> yeah it's, it's fun it's a little frustrating but it's like it's like five dollars on steam i mean it's fun. oh yeah especially when those when they're so cheap it's kind of like you know there's no nothing to lose by diving exactly in, right? <laughs> exactly so I, i'd give it a shot but that that's basically all i've got so did you say something john oh actually well i, I don't have any additional news but I, I did want to mention uh ask something really quick um now that it's you know the beginning of where i think we're now almost the fall or we are in the fall now um it's the time of year when everyone's watching a lot of horror movies, spooky stuff. I wanted to ask you guys if you've watched any um, scary movies or anything in particular that stood out in the last little while. Um, I, I've seen it before. I watched uh, Troll Hunter with my girlfriend. I watched it and I love Troll Hunter. And I've been kind of preparing for their Blair Witch Project episode, which is coming up. So I watched uh, Troll Hunter with my girlfriend, kind of more horror, horror comedy about a bunch of Norwegian students. And they go like out into the boonies to look for trolls. And uh, while you, there are you see trolls and there are <laughs> all kinds of trolls and it's so much fun. It's gross. It's funny. It's <laughs> really, uh, <laughs> I mean, it has like what happened to the students too. I don't really know, but um, I, I love troll hunter. It's probably one of my favorite fan footage films. So that was kind of fun to, to rewatch. And that was from, I think 2015, maybe I don't remember what did, what about you? What did you y'all watch? Um, I watched there's something wrong with the children. It's a, it came out. It came out this past year. It's a very standard. Two families go camping in the wilderness. I mean, it's not really camping. They're staying in cabins. But the fact remains, they're in the wilderness. Um, one of them has their kids with them. Uh, something happens. The kids go missing for a little bit. They come back, and it's the came back wrong trope. Came back wrong mm. mixed in with the changeling thing. Uh, creepy kids. And I didn't find it particularly scary, but I found it very entertaining. There was I didn't find myself thinking, oh god, another disappointing <laughs> horror movie. But uh it's fun. It's not too long. What was that one called again? There's something check. wrong with the children. Ah, okay. Yeah. What about what about you, John? Yeah, I've I've watched a couple of things. I just wanted to quickly note I've been watching that cabinet of curiosity series the one uh, <laughs> oh that's a fun one yeah hosted by guillermo del toro i haven't gotten all the way through the whole it's, series i love yet. his little introductions too they're so cute like, like yeah it's, oh. they're so funny uh I, whenever i whenever we started i started like imitating his voice because like i just cracks me up where he's like ah oh, late night tv and he like does his little spiel and he pulls everything <laughs> out um I'm, I'm really enjoying it i haven't watched everything uh, of the whole series so far but um i think the ones that probably stood out to me were the i just watched one uh, by uh, I believe her name is um, Anna Lily uh, Amapur, which is the outside. It's the one starring Kate Bakuchi, where she plays this kind of awkward uh, woman 
um, who has like a kind of a group of friends that are all like, uh, you know, they work at a bank and they're all like um, made up well, dress well. And she ends up um, trying on this lotion that really has this adverse effect and, and causes a lot of stuff in her life. And I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of tonal shift away from the other stuff they've done. Um, it had a very strong camp vibe too. Um, Anna Lily Amirpour, uh, she directed A uh, Girl Walks Alone Home Alone at Night. So um, oh. really, really great uh, filmmaker. Um, really enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed uh, the one by David Pryor, um, The Autopsy. Uh, he's the one who directed uh, The Empty Man. And uh, this was so cool. I loved how kind of dark and twisted it got at the end. Um, I really hope he does like more feature films because like I really love The Empty Man. It's one, it was one of my favorite new releases of the last few years horror wise so um thought that one was good check out the other ones soon um i do want to before we wrap on this i do want to actually mention i watched two things um both of the same series i watched grave encounters and grave encounters 2 like uh, curtis kind of gearing up for blair witch watching some found footage and uh i mentioned last week me and my wife were sick and when I'm really sick, I, I usually don't watch movies because like I just can't focus like I, if I get a fever or something. But um, to kind of heal our souls and our bodies, we threw on like this shitty Netflix series called 28 Days Haunted, where people are <laughs> staying in a house for 28 <laughs> days. And it's supposed to like ver- it's it's supposed to be some test to verify Ed and Lorraine Warren's like findings of how to like summon supernatural activity. Well, the show is pretty John, stupid. But... John, John Wolf did a great rip on that one. It was really funny. <laughs> well, the, sh- the show's dumb, but I was like, you know what? Ghost watching, watching these ghost watching shows kind of got me in the mood to watch Grave Encounters. Uh, if you haven't seen Grave Encounters, the first film, it's a found footage film about the making of this fake, uh, never released um, t- ghost hunting TV series filmed at this hospital um, in the movie. It's in Maryland. In real life, it's, it's all filmed in Vancouver. And, uh, scary stuff happens but i was blown away revisiting the second film the sequel which um is uh, i don't want to spoil too much it's hard enough to talk about it without spoiling it but it's another layer of meta because in this movie it's about them um the actual grave encounters movie has come out into the world and it's about them um finding strange circumstances about the cast it's very referential to blair witch project a lot of it's about you know what happened to the cast they were all listed as dead like that seems strange and um, as strange shit happens, they're all film students. They decide to film it as a documentary and then they go and actually visit the school. Um, I remember watching this not long after the first film and I thought it was pretty good, but it, it kind of just washed past me. But uh, coming back to this movie now, I think it's a really brilliant and kind of prescient um, found footage horror film. Um, there was just so much stuff that I think it really touched on stuff like like abuse in Hollywood and, and even some of like the nascent Me Too stuff is in this film and there's even like a big kind of anti art horror anti elevated horror streak in this film um about you know we gotta go we gotta go back to like the carpenter the west craven and so and there's a lot of that kind of smugness in this movie and it's actually aged well because now there's been kind of like a post elevated horror move back towards kind of vulgar stuff and a lot of people are getting sick of of every single horror movie being about trauma and and that sort of thing so it actually felt very a cutting edge i was like man this movie like feels like it was written like this year and so i i really would suggest if you like the first one check out the second one it i i really had a blast with it um yeah, I've added I, that's that's my, I made I made a whole like 31 days of Halloween list. Oh, so did I put, you? I put Grave Encounters on, and the first one on my list is it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. So oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. it's the, it's the time, it's the season. I, I tend to watch horror all the time, so I'm not always that gung ho on like making those big movie lists. But I think it's fun because <laughs> yeah, it, it 
a lot of people a lot of people don't watch those movies until it's around this time of the year so it's fun to actually see everyone check that stuff out and, yeah, and share there's no, there's no off switch for me i just get really excited around this time of year <laughs> so yeah. i've been trying to convince my friend to watch some more horror movies with me and he has never seen the exorcist um oh, so wow. i'm gonna make him yeah, I'm gonna make him watch that. I made him watch. You can watch the new one too and see if it's if it's good. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, we could for, one for next month, I think. Yeah, okay. it's coming out soon, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I made him watch Hellraiser not too long ago. Oh, excellent! Oh, sweet. Um, and he, he, he was like, "Oh, wow, that that was gorier than I expected." I don't know what he expected. <laughs> yeah, he was but, like, "Oh, uh, fun family yeah. romp, perhaps." Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what he thinks about Hellraiser. Cool. Cool. Well, I guess we can uh, dive in. I guess there'll be a lot of good horror stuff coming up too. Uh, oh, yeah. So we'll dive into Class 1984, which came in 1982. So this is kind of my oh, yeah. uh, my spooky pick, and I thought it's it's a lot of fun. I've been a bit greedy this season, and I, I picked a couple <laughs> uh, spooky picks, but uh, I thought okay, it was kind of it's okay. To it's be okay. There's there's so many. <laughs> it's I'm a little bit greedy with it, but it's okay. Um, but I I thought it's really interesting to kind of watch this one too, because obviously you know the whole concept is a bit unrealistic too. I mean. If I had punk students in my class, I'd probably encourage it. Like I even had like a Dead Kennedys quote on my syllabus, and I was like, "Punk means thinking for yourself." <laughs> and as long as they're not like neo-Nazi skinheads, I'm cool with having. Which punk they in are class. kind of in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah okay. I guess yeah. these kids are a bit shit, but I mean, like, um, <laughs> I mean, I think it kind of taps into conservative fears about the rising punk movement in the late '70s and early '80s, and there was those kind of Reagan years, and that yeah. um, there was that moral majority too, which was a group of conservative waspy parents who uh, who didn't like you know loud uh, punk music and were afraid that the punks were gonna hurt their little randy and sally you know <laughs> and uh <laughs> it kind of takes on a lot of those myths about troubled inner city youths and imagine what if these punk kids were psychotic and fuck up a whole high school community and there we go and it's kind of an outlandish and sh- silly concept but you can understand what kind of where it's coming from but i thought it was really entertaining and watchable and i read some reviews too from like punks at the time who just say you know this yeah this wouldn't really happen but um yeah i mean I thought it's kind of fun, you know. You throw in a young Michael J. Fox and Roddy McDowell, and we've got a firecracker of a movie. And uh, it's kind of a product of its time, many ways too. Uh, it's kind of this unbelievable depiction of students and kind of how it escalates too in punk culture. But it's it's still kind of a great exploitation flick, and in many ways, um, yeah. it kind of does seem prescient of violence in American schools in a lot of ways too, because they have those like metal detectors and stuff too, which is actually kind of uh, prescient, I think. Um, yes. so we'll talk about that too and arming teacher there's that discussion about arming teachers which is nonsense but like uh you know they have <laughs> armed teachers in this movie too it's easy Literally, to yeah. Out. yeah and it's kind of an i thought it's kind of a nice bridge too between our back to school uh season and our upcoming spooky picks too <laughs> what did you uh what did you two think of it coming into it probably for the first time maybe um well i was very excited to see roddy mcdowell in it i love roddy yeah. mcdowell oh yeah um i mean i we I was we talked before about Fright Night and love him. Um, he's also really good in Night Gallery. So if you haven't seen that, I recommend it. Um, oh. So I, I was very excited uh, to see him in it. I agree with you, Curtis, that there was a lot of almost is very prescient with the metal detectors and uh, body searches in schools because that is unfortunately something that happens now. Uh, in many American schools, at least here in Florida, they have like a police officer who's always there. 
one one thing that struck me a bit was just how ridiculous the antics of the punk kids were. Yeah. Um, which you mentioned, like, er, like early in the movie when we see them and they're at the um, what is it like a bar or a club and they're doing like the whole drug thing. To me, it kind of seemed like a almost like what a conservative older nightmare, individual nightmare yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's like oh what, what, what are those of the punk movement <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh those punk kids what are they doing i bet they're doing the drugs the, the drugs. bathroom and and <laughs> yeah. running a racket drug racket and you know and, have a yeah. and they're kind of it's kind of like a whole like uh racket they have going on like they're yeah it's yeah. almost like the it was all remind me a little bit of like the sopranos at the bada bing like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, how, how many hours has that got counting that their money the yeah. yeah i know i'm like don't they have like a test to study for like hey, they're out here where's tony this, yeah like... <laughs> but, but, then, but then like i thought it was funny because you see them doing this and then there's that scene where the teacher is walking around with his wife and then they pull up next to him and they just like squirt him with what was it ketchup mustard or something and it's just like you see this contrast between these quite dastardly drug lord-esque activities and then huh i got ketchup on your suit um <laughs> and also i i enjoyed the fact that quite a few of the kids in well, kids in this film also looked like they were 30 or thereabouts <laughs> except michael <laughs> except michael fox not michael except, fox yeah yeah except except for him but um yeah i i enjoyed it what'd you think john yeah this was my first time watching the movie first of all class of 1984 and it takes place in 1982 that's <laughs> yeah. very misleading uh, they gotta change that title uh False but no, this, <laughs> this was my first time watching it i wasn't aware that this is this was a canadian film as well too mark lester mm. um they filmed American a, a Toronto, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, they filmed it in downtown Toronto. There's some scenes where you see like shawarma shops and stuff, and it, I just it brought me back to I'm a big fan of that particular Makes era of Toronto. <laughs> yeah, like all the old city city limits and stuff. Watching all that stuff. That's I I, I went on a big city limits kick on uh, on Retro Ontario on YouTube where I was just watching a bunch of the old episodes, and that's actually where. Uh, Mike Myers started with his character that he would later do on Wayne's World. Um, so it was kind of fun seeing like all the old downtown urban kind of aesthetic. Um, but um, yeah, it was really kind of interesting coming to this. It's uh, it's obviously I, I recently watched just last week. I mentioned it on the episode. I watched a film called Massacre at Central High. And I think you could really see that influence on this movie. And in that movie, it was about a group of teenagers who are just absolute menaces terrorizing this high school and seeing kind of the nerdier kind of lower uh, cliques taking over and, and kind of usurping them. Um, and it has like kind of this black comedy vibe, but very much in this one too. Um, but what I didn't realize is how much this one reminded me a lot of like a Don Siegel movie. It has this like, it's obviously very reactionary, but it has this like, a good man gone gone too far kind of bent to it with uh dead wish with, yeah, with, with mr norris yeah mr norris who's this like no nonsense teacher and like it, it's a criticism obviously on the kids too like this the beginning with that like alice cooper song where it's like <laughs> when does a nightmare become or when does the dream become Scrolls a out forever <laughs> and it's like look how shitty the schools are the kids are all messed up Freaking mtv's ruin them dangerous toronto yeah but there's a lot here about like how terrible the teachers are too like we see the mm. teachers lounge is like really nice and they're all just kind of like it, maybe it's just because i came from watching the wire but i'm like oh it's like the wire season four it's like all the teachers are like <laughs> checked out and like the kids are have all their problems Talking shit about and, their students yeah yeah and mr norris is like a guiding light kind of because he comes in he's no nonsense and like he doesn't put up with 
crap in his classrooms no and as a result like his the band that they have is actually quite talented and and we see them doing well even the lead, the lead punk is like really a gifted musician but he just has this kind of yeah. evil streak <laughs> and yeah, you don't really know real. you don't really get like the you know why they're kind of misbehaving too you don't know their parental life you just assume they're a psychopath but i think much of that behavior is nurtured you know like and i you don't really know what their their home life is like or anything too which i think would have been good to explore in this movie but since it's more exploitation uh, it's funny that you brought up the timothy van patten he plays the 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 piano in this and he actually played it oh, himself so pretty. His own. <laughs> but it's kind of funny that i brought up the sopranos because um I had a, when I when I read Tim Van Patten's name, I'm like, where, where does that name come from? <laughs> and um, folks probably would know him less as an actor. He didn't do much acting, but very well known and accomplished as a television director and, and writer. Uh, most notably, directed some of the best episodes of The Sopranos. Directed Ooh. and wrote most of the episodes of Boardwalk Empire. He also did the pilot episode of Game of Thrones. So he's a very very well known uh, television director, kind of like Alan Taylor, one of those types. Um, and so I watched a lot of Sopranos recently. When I saw his name, I'm like, oh, he's named just like the Sopranos guy. And it's it's the same guy, actually. Oh, so wow. Small world. I kind of thought that was kind of fun. Um, I don't know. He's actually pretty good in this. But like, it's so funny to see someone who's it's such a per- permanent role in this as an actor. Yeah, because cool, a lot of times like, be such a, these like pretty actors, like they don't really get to see the other side of things, too. They do like one directed film and that's it. But like to have both sides, the acting career and the kind of behind the scenes career, I think it's pretty, pretty impressive, too. And I, yeah. I read a lot. I read a lot of like uh, reviews about this movie from like um, you know punks at the time too, and they th- they said that like, and I kind of agree with this too. The myth of the evil punks, you know, there's thought to de- represent the decline of Western civilization. But I think the real issue was kind of the kind of Regan kids and the kind of Christian hypocrites, like the moral majority too, uh, which I kind of agree with. And maybe that's more of a leftist take, but. Yeah, I just I kind of uh, I always felt like, you know, in high school, too, when I was in high school, like there was more kind of issues with the bullying jocks than the punk kids. I never had issues with the punk kids. I I always felt really welcome and fit right in. But I guess maybe this is like a time, too, when the different kind of punk subcultures are kind of diffusing and stuff, too. And there's uncertainty, too. And we know, like there was darker sides to the punk culture, too, like the skinhead culture as it evolved, became something quite, quite toxic and fascist. Um, and you know, quite different from what it originally started as too. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think it's, yeah, it's John kind of told us a story a little bit already. Uh, it's kind of dubbed science fiction too, cause it's <laughs> taking place in the future, 1984, trying to Ooh. capitalize on that Van Halen album maybe. <laughs> and, uh, it's about a new music teacher, Perry King, who arrives at a rough inner city high school and he tries to teach the punk kids there, but soon finds out that they've kind of marked him as a target, you know, cause he's very by the book and, uh, they like lead punk Peter, who is musically gifted, but also out of control. He really doesn't like uh, the teacher. And now he must battle the evil youth before they kill the whole school and desecrate the neighborhood, too. So kind of sounds fun. And uh, as we mentioned, stars Perry King, Roddy McDowell, uh, Michael Fox, and uh, directed by Mark L. Lester, who also directed Commando and Firestarter, the original 80s Firestarter with uh, Drew Barrymore. He called it his best film, and it was co-written by Tom Holland, who was responsible for the child play films and Fright Night. And uh, yeah. John, uh, John Saxon, not our John Sa- Saxon. I was the same. I saw John Saxon. Like, this motherfucker again is following me everywhere. <laughs> you. He's the ghost of our spooky season. He's, I think he's, been on every, miss this. he's been on for like the last four weeks. Like un, we haven't planned it, but he always kind of. He's, he's a friend appears. of the show. The late John Saxon. Friend yeah. Of the show. If he had him, I just I just write him on Instagram and invite him on the show. Yeah. too. But... Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, that's like, too John bad. Rest in peace. R.I.P. So yeah, um, go ahead. I really Charlie. want to also note um, the band Teenage Head. Great, uh, oh Hamilton, yeah, 
punk band. They have the song in this. And actually, I was reading an interview uh, by uh, Lisa Langlois, who played uh, Patsy in the movie. And because the cast, it was all mostly Canadian kids. Like, they weren't punks, obviously. But when they shot that band scene, they actually had a lot of actual punks in the background as extras and stuff. And, they, and Lisa said, or claimed anyways, that like, the punk girls like specifically targeted her because it was a big suit mm-hmm. all moshing. Yeah, they were they were real other. punks too. Yeah. She said they actually were like attacking us and like trying to like kick our asses and stuff. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, also seeing Michael J. Fox pre um, Back to the Future pre uh, Family Ties as well too was pretty funny. Um, he looks like he's fucking like eleven years old in this movie. He's so young. <laughs> Everyone else looks solidly like thirty five, and he just looks like <laughs> forever, forever eleven. Yeah, there's a guy with like a like a like a swastika shirt who looks like he should be working like at a fucking uh, yeah, as a like, mechanic or something. You're like older like, than the teachers like here, man. Like, he looks like he has a kid here. in high school. Yeah, like he looks like he has like. A, like he's paying child support for like four kids. Like this guy just I failed twenty nine times, like man. Like, yeah, you can leave. You can leave. Time for adult t- time for adult high school, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of there's this like kind of tension of just like you don't know how violent and actually intense things are going to get in this movie. Like like Katie was saying, like there's really that scene escalate. where we we see them up to like no good. Like there's they've got this criminal enterprise going on. They're selling like angel dust at school, uh, but then they're like shooting like ketchup at the teacher and they they're, they're graffitiing his car stuff that like teenagers would normally do today. So nothing feels out of the ordinary. Uh, but when they you know, and and even when uh, um the the friend uh, when he gets when he acts when he takes the the PCP and goes up the flagpole, um you know that 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 incident's really disturbing. But at the same time, it's like well. They weren't the ones who got him to do that. It's it cafeteria feels, too, and you feel like a little kid's being really stabbed, picks you know? up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the the violence and, and the horror the, really starts the, to pick the up. Thing with... for me too is that scene with the the rabbits where they skin. That was really malicious. I really didn't like that. And I was like, holy shit! I didn't think we were going to go there with the the teen violence, but like you know that was quite dark. You know, and then the teacher brings the gun to school, and I I sorry if that's a spoiler, but <laughs> I, well, I that, really... that's what we're here for. This is spoiler corner, so yeah, folks, <laughs> spoiler alert. The movie. Watch it's it. dark it's, it's, full of spoilers you know it's all part cool, yeah it's a cool 94 minutes so you have no excuse not to watch it folks exactly. watch it like a shakespeare play you know what the ending's like but you can still enjoy it you know um yeah. i i really yeah. liked how canadian it was too i think there were a lot of canadian actors in it too so lisa yeah. Langlois, patsy and obviously michael fox and uh i think um it was, it was they actually filmed it in some of the a real punk club in toronto and on elm street i think so yeah Nightmare on elm street <laughs> and uh, central central technical high school on bathurst street too so pretty oh. cool um the uk audience kind of was kind of scared of it when it came out. it wasn't a video nasty but the uk heavily censored it when it came out because it was very controversial so homicidal high school punks teacher waving a gun around in class the teacher kills some of his students and it was initially banned in finland too but i think they reassessed it recently kind of uh while really mixed reviews when it came out. i think it was generally positive <laughs> It played but, a can actually in 1982. Yeah. It actually played really? a can, and Eve, Roger Ebert said it was Roger his favorite it. movie at Cannes. He loved it, yeah. I, I wrote down his uh, his his review too. He said, uh, "Class of 1984 is raw, offensive, vulgar, and violent, but it contains the sparks of talent and wit, and it it is acted and directed by people who cared to make it special." So he really liked it. Newsweek kind of had a very polarizing uh, review. They called it uh, Cla- "The Class of 1982 with Herpes." I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a great movie, but <laughs> what, what is that? What does that even mean? It's like those yeah. like really pretentious one line you know reviews. It had, it's like herpes. That's from the era where having herpes. <laughs> was like a moral failing so they asked the moral yeah. majority Re- regenite to write the review that week <laughs> i mean the tonal shift of this movie really is something like um you know coming from uh, again massacre at central high it has that same kind of like 
dreamy kind of quality and then it just descends into like the ending of this is almost like first blood Over the it's top, like, yeah it's, it's so like yeah, I, I heard people say in. i heard people say like it becomes like uh there's a tonal shift and i was kind of preparing myself for it but like it was really like not a fun ending it was like pretty dark and yeah. kind of just hard to watch and you know even though norris is you know involved in this like with, with the guy with the saw like it's kind of like a self-defense maneuver and it doesn't feel like he's actually like a maniac going around blasting everyone um like i kind of thought it was gonna be um it was a lot harder to watch and and even at the end with uh with uh with peter's character it's like there's still that element of like can you be redeemed and then it's just like you know obviously. yeah because there's that one like little moment you know where he's like reaching and you think oh you know he's nice and then i just think of like the little macaulay culkin and the good son as the the you know unrepenting psychopath and i'm like yeah just just let him go <laughs> how disturbed are these goddamn kids at the school single shit happened i again i don't want to just compare this directly to the massacre at central high but in that movie people are dying left right and center and it's like these kids probably need to see like a psychologist or something for yeah. all the stuff they're going through at least at least yeah <laughs> well, i thought of that uh what came to mind too is that i don't know if you two have read it but there's that Stephen king book that's actually banned rage which is about a school shooter and you get in the mind of the serial killer. it's actually not a it's not i didn't like it as a Stephen king book but it's like kind of like that level of violence like you know there's yeah so rage i have read it because i own an older edition mm -hmm. of the bachman books it's not actually banned stephen king himself had it pulled from publication yeah uh because he just didn't feel right having something like that yeah. be out and about yeah, yeah sorry that's all right yeah i didn't i didn't like that one as much but i mean it's it's kind of interesting like the the violence in that one and then the, this film kind of comparing them i think too but yeah I, I mean obviously i don't agree with banning books but i can understand why right. he pulled it off the the shelves definitely um yeah and actually the director said it was inspired by true stories of school violence he read about newspapers there was a story about a, a teacher who brought a gun to class to control his students and i mean there's been a lot of you probably know katie firsthand there's lots of discussions about arming teachers with guns in the u.s schools which is a terrible idea in my opinion yeah. <laughs> like um and obviously um films like um a clockwork orange and blackboard jungle jungle from 1955 were huge influences for this film and he was worried that the violence was going to get worse in schools if he didn't draw more attention to it um so he kind of envisioned class of 1984 as a remake of blackboard jungle too um i didn't really like how he presented it too in the in the extras for the film too because it made him seem like he was responsible for drawing more attention to gun violence in schools and i was like well it wasn't because of your movie man <laughs> like yeah. but, I, mean, I like the you know that idea behind it i guess um <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think the social commentary always really works. I mean, it's only the five students who are kind of instigating violence, yeah. too. It's not like the whole... Exactly. It's not very, very into too. And I mean, we, we know, like, being in the 21st century, I mean, punk rock didn't spell the death of civilization. We kind of all made it through that. And it only shows kind of the evolution of music and culture, too. Um, so, and there's no, as I said, too, there's no kind of exposition as to why these kids are evil, too. Do they have a bad family life, too? You know, like, did they have an abusive relative to I, I always think that you know these this bad behavior is kind of nurtured too so i don't think it's just they wake up one day and they just feel like burning down the school so uh yeah i don't know I, it's I, mtv damn it curtis that's yeah. what made him crazy i want MTV. my mtv oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it man that's it you know watching all those those violent playing all those violent video games it's know? the video games yeah, yeah, yeah video games, games, you know, playing all that duke, duke nukem 3d like <laughs> fucked up my brain <laughs> so uh 
Yeah, um, there was an interview with, uh, yeah, as I said to um, Lester, the director kind of went a little bit overboard with his comments. Uh, there's a Shout Factory release of the film. He has his claim, which is a bit daft. And he claimed that the Columbine High School massacre could have been prevented if people had paid attention to the message of his film. So I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a way big stretch. But um, if Dylan and Eric a copy of this movie, yeah, I would have saved everything. Yeah, that's, yeah, sure. yeah exactly. <laughs> the world is a better have. place because they've seen that movie, you know, like, I mean, Deep breaths, the, man. <laughs> the, the world of the 90s and, and onward of high school and just get, like the stuff children have to go through. Like this movie feels like it was written by someone who hadn't been in a school in like 15 years. Like yeah. there's no yeah. real <laughs> tangible connection to what a school was actually like. Um, it just screams that they watched like some um scared, you know, some news broadcast report that just scared them and they and they wrote something off of that because it, it, I don't know. I yeah, found it's very, I, sensa I found, it's very sensationalist, isn't it? In that it's, way, it's very sensationalist, yeah. very reactionary. And I, I don't. Really, I found the politics of this movie kind of inscrutable. I mean, at times, I think the movie yeah. is actually kind of blatantly like really fucking racist. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's absolutely. a part where they where they beat up the black gang, and like the the way that movie handles it. Like, I, I mean, obviously, the the kids are meant to be pretty terrible and monstrous, and I think the movie sells that kind of effectively, but. Um, it was never really like it didn't really go anywhere other than that. I'm kind of like, all right, so there. Why was that in there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just felt like really the, the the tone of this movie is just really wild. It's at times just really kind of sweet and earnest, and it and goes fun. from then, like five to eleven really fast. Yeah, it, ha it has that like <laughs> it has that seventies exploitation vibe still kind of hanging over it a little. Bit. Never escaped from the seventies and all those drugs, no. <laughs> all that cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I did want to mention too, it's free to watch on Tubi and YouTube for anyone who does want to check it out too um yeah. sorry go ahead john i was gonna say yes you can watch it there it's also good to, it's also good to watch it there because uh in case you accidentally throw it on to finish it like like i did last night and then i fell asleep and passed out and then woke up and thought okay the movie's still going i'll finish watching it and didn't realize i'd watched like 30 minutes of the sequel instead and then i had to rewatch it. oh shit it this morning. <laughs> i'm like wow the, the characters the, the quality of the cameras are better like the, the characters yeah. have changed like I don't know what's going just on. like a 90s film <laughs> i was really confused and then i like paused it and saw it was like a half an hour into the sequel so um yeah but the i did watch i did for the record i did finish watching this i i, I revisited it on youtube this morning so uh but yeah you can the sequels are, are there as well there was class of 1999 mm -hmm. um and also a direct uh, which was also directed by mark lester too and then there was a uh, direct to video class of you think it's gonna be like class of 2000 class of 1999 too i'm like oh damn it uh so they made a second <laughs> one of that um my, I, I very vaguely remember because I this I this I was I woke up I awoke at 3 a.m. watching this movie, but um, it involves like a, a robot or something like who's playing a teacher. It's almost like a Terminator. It's very weird. The vibe is, <laughs> it leads into its vibe even more, but um, very much the same kind of movie again. I think. Um, yeah, definitely. I, 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 watched, check out the sequel, I haven't watched any of the sequels, but I'm kind of curious, especially since they had the same director too. And I mean, I don't have my expectations set too high, but you know, I did watch the Sleepaway Camp sequels, and I did like the second one quite a lot. Quite yeah, a bit. the second one's good. Yeah, it's really good. She's good. Or uh, Springsteen. Sorry, Springsteen. Rather. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I have to say about the film. Did you two have anything else you want to add at all? Uh, no, the only thing I will say is if you choose to watch it on YouTube, be sure you have a good pair of headphones or something because, <laughs> dear God, the sound the audio is sucks. <laughs> yes, absolutely abysmal. I was like, am I losing my hearing? Did you, did you watch it on Tubi after that too, or did you just watch it on YouTube? I, I just did YouTube. I was yeah. like, I've, I'm invested. I've, <laughs> I'm here now. I'm all yeah. In. yeah, I am all in. I'm, I'm not, can't go back. And, 
I, I made it through, but <laughs> at first, at first, I was like, what, "What's going on?" So I need my subtitles. Uh, yeah, well, I think. Did you have anything to add, John? At all? I think that's everything. I, I, I don't have a whole lot, but I guess I just will say I really enjoyed the set design. I love all the graffiti. Mm. I loved all the just like I love that Toronto feel <laughs> and stuff. Um, it had a really yeah. It was all shot in like an, an actual schools. So even actually, the police station they filmed in. Um, was the same police station from from Black Christmas, so that's one of my oh. favorites. So I got a kick out of it's that. Like, it's like you um, said last week, John. It's like kind of like fun to see like that that era of of like schools too, because like they they have those things where you, they would just invite like bands to the schools. And I remember they, they had that at uh, in Ottawa, I think on Bronson Street. They had uh, Immaculata or formerly Immaculata, and they'd invite like children of Bowdoin, and you'd see all those like high school lockers. And I'm like, this is so cool. Imagine being in the oh 70s. at the Bronson Center, yeah, yeah and yeah. seeing this every week. Like, how fucking cool is that? <laughs> Yeah, back in the day, uh, that that blew my mind. It's just like in the fifties, they would just have all age parties at the the local high school. What are you doing at lunch, man? I'm going, to see a black, do I'm going to see a Finnish black metal band at lunch. You'll yeah, see my, at my local <laughs> high school with all ages. Yeah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah, so so that's that's class nineteen eighty four. Uh, I I I loved it. I I love these controversial films too. And I, another film I'd love to go back and revisit. I know it's a really problematic film. Is uh, Saturday Night Fever. I might put that on my canon pick later down the road too. But very different uh, gear than <laughs> our our Greece. Yeah. Um, so five out of five for me. I loved it. Uh, I love the kind of that era of of uh, kind of grimy kind of. I guess it's supposed to be somewhere set somewhere in the U.S. But kind of grimy. 80s and um i love kind of punk films and i mean i don't agree with the message or a lot of the politics of course of the film but i just find it wildly entertaining and i just love how it, the, the the violence escalates too so yeah five out of five for me what about you john yeah i'm i was i wasn't as high on it i gave it a three and a half i i did i did think it was better Fair, yeah. than massacre at central high i think uh it was kind of fun to see kind of somewhat of the evolution of that kind of film um and i love like the 80s setting i love the punk stuff um, I mm -hmm. wish there was like more punk rock in it, like something like reminded me of something like Return of the Living Dead, which is almost like a love letter to that particular era of L.A. and, and the music scene. So it would have been really cool if they even had more like Toronto punk and stuff like that. I think I would have loved it more. Um, I love that kind of authenticity of the setting. But um, I found just the politics and the story a little bit inscrutable. Um, I did like how it kind of ended up becoming a little bit of like a first blood at the schools kind of movie like that has a don siegel kind of reactionary again man good man gone too far pushed too far kind yeah. of vibe over the i edge. like that a lot of the other stuff just felt a little bit um it, it wasn't really that um concise um like the whole nature of them being this like big gang at the school a lot of it felt unnecessary like I, the scenes didn't really go anywhere um but I, I still really had a good time with it i think i want to come back to it yeah what about you katie uh, I gave it a four out of five. I enjoyed it. Uh, I do agree with John that there were a lot of the scenes with the kids just being over the top bad that just didn't go anywhere. And I was just yeah. kind of like, okay, okay, we get it. These kids are bad. You don't have to whack us over the head with eating. it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, that that kind of took away from it for me. But I I liked it. As I said before, Roddy McDowell is always a joy to watch. Yeah, definitely. And that gives us a pretty good score. So I, Quinn had given it yeah. a 5 out of 5 too. So uh, 4.25 out of 5. So definitely worth checking out if you have time. Um, kind of a little buried treasure under the radar. So uh, yeah, yeah, if you're looking for more 80s fair to watch uh, as the spooky season approaches or as back to school season continues, that's something to check out. And we've got more spooky picks coming up, right? So we've got uh, next week we have Monster Squad 
uh, with Quinn and oh, yeah. John. And Katie, you're welcome to join us as always. I won't be there. I'm running a big marathon next week. And then after that, we're doing <laughs> a, a super episode, uh, Blair Witch Project, John's Pick, with uh, uh, musician Fog Lake, a.k.a. Aaron Powell, and uh, a film professor in uh, Virginia University. He's an expert on found footage, supernatural horror films. So it should be a really cool episode yeah. to check out. So lots of good stuff coming. Then we got more scary movies as the season goes on. Um, do you have any, um, did you two have any, any special uh, messages or anything to, uh, send out or anything to any, um, report? I, well, I guess I'll add real quick. If, <laughs> if any of you listening out there have a favorite horror film or a movie that we haven't covered before you think we might like, uh, let us know, uh, email us, cstrekpodcasts at gmail.com, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. Cause we're going to be going into November with it too. So we'll have lots of time for spooky stuff too. And. I guess Hannibal kind of crossed over with Spooky too. So even the Ridley Scott stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll and, be your foray back to that series. And, yeah. you know, speaking of Spooky season two, I know you John has another podcast in case you didn't know out there, folks out there. Um, but are you going to be doing some kind of uh, pumpkin beers or anything or any kind of? Uh, we'll see. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. We've got a, We've got a few other ones lined up at the moment. I, I think I, I, w- I personally, like when it comes to pumpkin ales, Tom does not like them at all. And I like oh, them. God. So unfortunately, Zero out of 10. <laughs> we, last time we did it, when I was in Calgary, uh, we picked up a few and I was like the lone person who's like, oh, these are tasty. <laughs> and everyone else is like, this sucks. So I don't want to like, pro- I don't want to torture Tom that badly. So I think we might forego it, but we might do. He's going uh, to be the Halloween Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, we might do some more, of the, some more of the seltzers that are around before the winter comes. We might uh, profile that. So we'll see. Sounds good. Well, um, yeah, thanks thanks again to Katie for uh, joining us yeah, this yeah. week. And hopefully yeah. you can join us again for more spooky picks. You're always invited. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, I guess we'll, you know, hang on to your, hold on to your butts because we'll have lots more uh, spooky stuff coming up. And uh, thanks to all of our viewers for listening, and we'll catch yeah. you next time. Stay safe out there. Hey,